0: Coming to you live from Star Worldwide Networks in Scottsdale, Arizona. Be. Dream. Do. Living by design. The radio show is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about and had the courage to dream big and then did it. Now, join the conversation with your host, David.
1: Well, listeners, welcome to Be Dream Do Radio. This is your host, Dave Whitehorn, with son, Sean. Hi, good morning. It's wonderful to be here with you, and we have an exciting guest. But before we get to our guest, I just wanted to pause for a moment. Today is uh, the, uh, the birthday of uh, my dear younger brother, Greg, who passed away a little, over, a little less than a year ago, and I wanted to dedicate this show to him. He actually was going to be our first guest on the show. Things just didn't work out that way. But uh, all I can say is, listeners, embrace the moment. Enjoy each and every day. Share your love with all those that you know and those who you don't even know. Remember, be, dream, do. That's what this is all about. So, on to our guest. We have a dear friend, if I can say. Of course. And a colleague from the uh, National Speakers Association. Yeah. Um, And um, I would say, um, geez, how can I just... I have never met someone so passionate about Facebook. (laughs) I mean, incredible. He is the founder and CEO of Drum Talk TV, which is, in fact, the largest online community around the culture of drumming and percussion of all styles. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Gender. Dan, welcome to the
2: show. Thank you, David, So so much. And Sean, I really appreciate being here, especially honored to be here on the show that you've dedicated to your brother whose birthday is today thank you
1: yeah well thank you and i'd like you to introduce your wife to all of our guests here please this is
2: my amazing number one supporter fan isn't even the word uh but my wife enja that's n-j-a and uh, enja is a big part of my story for sure say
1: hi to everyone
3: Hello, everyone. <laughs>
1: uh, and, uh, thank you. Now, now the show is complete. Now the show is complete. All right. Thanks
2: for listening, everyone. Oh, so 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 so,
1: so Dan, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, could you just share a little bit of what you do today? Sure. So I
2: have two full time careers, not counting being a husband, a father, or a grandfather. I know I sound. Fifteen on on the air and on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, my two careers are I am the founder and CEO and executive producer of Drum Talk TV, which on January 1st will be six years old already. I can't believe it.
1: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. In another way, it seems like it's been 25 years. It's really (laughs) weird. I like being married. (laughs) But (laughs) the six years is big because right before our fifth-year anniversary, we crossed over a million active fans. And that's just on Facebook. And we reach about 20 million people on Facebook a month. And I'm passionate not just about marketing on Facebook, but the whole digital marketing thing. And our our success was so great in the very first year that I started another series of products and services and consulting called Social Media on Steroids. And I started teaching how I At that point, even did what I had done in the first year, we reached over 100,000 fans in the first year, and I've never paid for an ad on Facebook. I've never boosted posts, never spent money to do this. And I started teaching people in the music industry how to do this, and then branched out. And now I teach it to large corporations, to startups, to entrepreneurs. Uh, non-profits you know just because it's, it's the same thing it's just a different
1: skilled dis- skilled yeah, differently just different
2: suit and you mm. and a few different actions and yeah. um
1: is my tie okay your
2: tie's beautiful yeah okay i i love both jobs if i can call them that careers mm. whatever and i am
1: very passionate about both of them yeah. so so you have your drum talk tv which is all about sharing your love of of drumming and then scaling that. And then the other part is how you learn to do it and applying it to teaching others through the the social media.
2: Yeah, the Drum Talk TV platform is basically um, a a network. And what we do is we interview artists from all over the world, big artists, up-and-coming artists. We interview makers of drumming gear. We cover events all over the world. And I think what's become maybe the most important part of our success is curating videos from our fans from over 130 countries of different styles of drumming and percussion. And when I say 130 countries, I mean everything from uh, typical rock drumming to jazz drumming to Gatham clay pot in India to tablas in India or Morocco. And it just goes on and on. We don't just focus on the British you know, classic rockers, although they are part right. of the spectrum. And so, then, yeah, so then I started social media on steroids to show yeah. people how I grew that audience because mm. no matter what business you're in, yeah. no matter what your brand is, the larger the following you have that's in love with what you do, the more chances are of of elevating your career, whatever it is, whether it's philanthropy or selling your services or products or whatever.
1: Yeah, out, outstanding. Share with us some of the uh, large corporations that you do work with,
2: Dan. Um, So there's a company called InMusic, and under the InMusic brand's umbrella is uh, companies like Alesis, which makes electronic drums and recording gear. There's Akai, who makes keyboards. There's um, Denon and Numark, who make uh, very high-end turntables. Um, I've worked in digital marketing and video marketing with the Yums Food Group, which is, uh, at the time, KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. Um, I've done the same sort of work with McDonald's, Citibank, Wells Fargo, the Rolex
1: Sydney to Hobart in Australia. Um, Australia. Yeah. I mean, that's what's magical about the stuff you do, right? Because it's worldwide, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I just... uh, started working with a company a few months ago called Soundbrenner uh, that makes a vibrating metronome, which is different. Um, uh, I know I'm missing a bunch that are not in the music industry. Can you think of any? oh ford
4: well wow. they make i've, I've trucks heard of, i've and heard cars. of them i've, <laughs> I've heard you. of them that's the company
1: that's not doing large layoffs <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and and it's a lot of fun to work with them because i've always been a car enthusiast mm-hmm. thanks to my my dad's influence i guess
1: so so as you're here talking i know the listeners can hear it in your voice how excited you are about the work you're doing so you know, how did you land at finding, you know, your passion and, and then and then making a living off your passion, right? Yeah, that, that's the two different things.
2: Yeah, right? it is. And those are such obvious yet so deeply valuable questions that I'm sure your guests have always had some a, a wide range of answers to enlighten people. And my story is that um I When I was young, I was a kid, I, I was going to be the next Jacques Cousteau. Okay. I wanted to be an oceanographer. My mom was an artist. I had some drawing skills. I used to draw submersibles and the cross sections, the insides. I took an oceanography class uh, right before junior high during summer school. I was sold on knowing everything about what's in the ocean. Then, oh, but I started playing the drums at seven. So I was already playing the drums, but... I wasn't I didn't know what rock star meant you know right right and then my dad um in 1977 when I was 14 took me to see Led Zeppelin and about the third song in I pointed to the stage and he couldn't hear me I had to say what I said later to him later but I said oh so you can do this for a living (laughs) now you can't be Led Zeppelin but it occurred to me wow this is like Jacques who (laughs) <laughs> and I wanted to be a professional musician from the time I was I was fourteen. Then, and the next year, I went on my first professional tour uh, with a uh, singing group, and I was in the band, and we opened for bands like Sticks, Heart, Blue Oyster Cult. I was I was fifteen years old, and I came back the day before Amazing. I had to register for the high school classes, and that was really a trip because I had just traveled all over the United States, playing music, getting paid. And now I'm in line to register for my class. Like, what am I doing here? But I I toughed it out and I got my high school diploma. I played in bands on the weekends and made money, you know, the whole time. It was great. And and I I did the whole Sunset Strip thing in Hollywood for years. I did recording sessions, did composing. I wrote commercials, did voice directing. And then life kind of took over and I got away from music Um, due to an influence of a previous wife Mm -hmm. and i don't hold that against her Um, we're still really good friends and everything and and it was years and years and years later Mm -hmm. that um i started to get back in music and i had i had a video production company for about 14 years and it was towards the end of that when this other spark happened and i started something called dan's drum clinics i um was teaching lessons online and all this and then i had this crazy idea to interview fellow educators and everyone thought i was nuts why would you interview your competition i just didn't view it that way and then anja really inspired me to leave the lessons thing behind and do interviews she says that's where you're going to be that's back your, on the your that's map. your sweet spot yeah and yeah, yeah. i thought she was well, she is still crazy, but I thought that idea. Well, was she's crazy. with you, so I mean that for <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy, and and she was right. I I took a chance and I got rid of the other company and went full on into Drum Talk TV, doing all those things I mentioned, right. and in in the first year we became nine hundred percent larger in reach and online engagement than all of our media peers combined and these are some magazines that have been around 40 years now and we're still 900 percent more than them and we just came out of nowhere and it's been an amazing ride i've gotten to interview a lot of my uh my biggest living influences and just it's it's been great it's really been fun and then transferring i knew right away i had something to share with the success i had without spending a lot of money on it without a college education i knew that there were tons and tons of people in the arts that needed this as well as entrepreneurs that were starting businesses and that's when I said I've got to share how I've done this mm-hmm. and I still do that more than ever right now
4: actually yeah. so have, you've always played like rock drums would you say um,
2: mainly rock and progressive rock um, but also jazz big band swing I've played in uh, symphony band and orchestra before oh how cool um, yeah I was in marching band for about a month and in high school and I told my parents I said I can't hack this
5: mm-hmm. I said
2: I'm not this structured I don't want to be this structured right. this is like being in the military I'd rather take PE and join a band and they said whatever you want to do and I did it and so I kind of missed out on the marching band thing but uh I've done almost <laughs> everything else yeah yeah and that, then that's cool
4: when you because it sounded like you got you just jumped right in uh, successfully in that and um was it when you just jump into that at like 15 was it everything that you'd expect it to be or yeah. how was how did everything work out with that
2: so it was but the one thing I did not anticipate was when I came back from that tour I met somebody that was a year older than myself who was a bass player and we started a band with two other guys that a friend introduced us to that were five or six years older and they were had just broken up another band it was a singer and a guitar player so I was in my first like real band that was my band, our band. I did this for years and years after that. And the part that I never got used to was... And the best way to say this, it was like often not having a great marriage with three or four other idiots and their significant other <laughs> drama. I never got used to that and was never happy with that part of it. Yeah. Um, I was in a couple of bands where there was maybe at least one person in the band where I just couldn't stand them. Mm-hmm. And they probably couldn't stand me either. Right. But when it came to the music, you know, and we've all heard stories about the Who traveling in different jets and, you know, all that stuff. It, it wasn't like that, but... When it came to the music, it was like more than I ever thought it would be. The appreciation from the audience, the rush of just playing and that whole thing, it never gets old.
1: So even though you maybe didn't get along with a few of the fellow players in the band, when it came to the moment of making music, you guys were aligned.
2: Yeah, Yeah, especially playing live Mm -hmm. as opposed to the writing or recording process, Mm -hmm. but yeah.
4: So with the Drum Talk TV, you're sort of creating this community. Do you feel like that just kind of keeps inspiring drummers, regardless of the relationship and bands are having that are because, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like bands are always kind of forming and and breaking apart because of that relationship that they're having. And then Drum yeah. Talk TV it's you're building this entire community there.
2: Yeah, thank you. It is that. And the the wonderful thing about um I hope that wasn't my phone. No. The uh, the wonderful thing about what we do is that we're not just followed by drummers. We're followed okay. by mostly drummers. I I think 65% drummers and the rest are made up of fellow musicians, music fans, And just weirdos that like watching drummers, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there is that influence on other musicians as well. And I've even interviewed some other musicians on Drum Talk TV that were not drummers to, of course, talk to them about working with drummers and and the whole rhythm aspect and everything. So when I look back, that it's almost six years in about a month, it it really kind of blows my mind that it went by so quick and got so big. Quick story. I told my wife, Angela, we go to Singapore twice a year to um, cover the Singapore Drum Fest. And when we went there, I told her because she went through an experience for the first time a few months before that at the NAM show, which is the largest music trade show in North America, where I, she's looked at the schedule. It was the first time she was going to be working with us as the production manager slash babysitter. and she's looking at the schedule saying why is there so much time between this interview and that interview if it's like it's right there it's right down the aisle Mm -hmm. and I said okay I'm going to tell you something this is going to sound weird but I can't walk 10 or 15 feet without people coming up wanting to take their picture with me you know all this stuff I felt awkward telling her that she's (laughs) like yeah right whatever we go to the Nam show and she's like oh my god you're right You can't go anywhere so we go to Singapore and I told her remember all that stuff about the Nam show and and she says I said don't worry about it no one's going to know me there Mm -hmm. we have more fans in Southeast Asia than anywhere else in the world and I couldn't walk three feet without this happening and it's it's a great feeling not for the ego sense but for the fact that that's when you know people are paying attention and they're getting something out of it. And that's why Drum Talk TV was created. It wasn't a vanity project. It was like you're saying, to build a community of people who can network and commiserate and share stories and share their skills and techniques. And and it's just blossomed more and more from that. And and I'll do a live interview, which I do, or a live vlog. And I'll see, like, big stars watching my rinky-dink. You know, I still think of it as that sort of thing. And it's, it's really neat. It's really, really cool. So where do
1: you and Ninja live right now?
2: We live at home currently.
1: No, we live. (laughs) (laughs) Where is your home? Not on the road. (laughs) We live in
2: Globe, Arizona. And Globe, for those of you who have never been there but have only heard of it, it's a wonderful little city. There's supposedly 7,000 people there. I don't know where all those people are. Um, It's frozen in time from the turn of the last century for the most part. And it was a huge lifestyle change for us because Angela's from the Bronx. I'm from Los Angeles. We met in Las Vegas shortly after I moved there about 11 years ago. And we lived there together until two years ago when we wanted to just get out of the big city get out of Vegas. And we moved to Mesa, Arizona, because she she's an artist, an art therapist, art educator. She had an opportunity Wonderful. to teach out here. And, and I had some business associates and some friends. And so we thought, let's move to East Mesa and just kind of figure it out for a year. Three months later, we discovered Globe. And we went back there every week for about three or four weekends until she said i want to move to globe (laughs) we had just completed this major undertaking of moving from vegas to mesa and i could not get my head around it but the more we kept going back and looking at it i thought you know this is remote and and as a kid hiking and camping with my dad i always wanted to live in the mountains i had the opportunity to live on the beach for 15 years in ventura california so i thought this is the opposite this will be great and i got my head around it and i told her as long as there's really good internet and running water we're good and and there's both so we've been there two years
1: this week this month wow so so what a testimony to the power of social media where there you are sitting in globe and you've got a worldwide network and no pun on star world networks right (laughs) and and indeed uh you're extremely popular in southeast asia i mean how cool is that?
2: Yeah, Bangkok has more fans in any one given city than anywhere else. Not L.A., where I was born. Not in Vegas, where Drum Talk TV was born. Uh-huh. Not it's it's crazy. That's
4: crazy. Why yeah. is that? Do you know? Or? I
2: you know what? I don't know. Unless I, I really don't know. Okay. Uh, when we were there, we should have asked. But we'll ask next next yeah. time, or I can ask online. It's really curious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but it, it is cool. an amazing testament to the world we live in online and social media, being able to make friends in, you know, people who say it's not a real experience, they're wrong mm-hmm. or they're not using it properly. Because I, mm-hmm. I have a couch to sleep on and a bathroom to use in 130 countries. <laughs> who can say that? You know, not everyone right. can say that. And I've made real f- I almost said physical relationships. That doesn't sound right. (laughs) Real tangible Mm. in-person relationships with people all over the world, whether I see them in our travels or they come through here or when we were in Vegas. And that's the beauty of it. And it's not about grandma's pie recipes and kids crashing on skateboards and all that stuff. And if that's what people are into, that's fine. But I'm talking about using social media channels as a business. And when I teach this to any industry um, and I have a new added brand to social media on steroids it's called social media marketing for musicians.com and i teach it specifically to musicians um i teach that facebook is the number one platform to master for two reasons mm-hmm. one that's where everybody who's on social media is and people will say oh the kids are on instagram they're not using it they are the 18 to 24 year olds are still our number one or number two age bracket and That's
4: that's all I ever really use is Facebook. Uh,
2: And if you don't mind, how old are you?
4: 34.
2: And and the millennials, it was their number one platform of choice on mobile last year.
4: Mm -hmm. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, so people tend to just listen to what other people are saying instead of really look at real statistics. But it's where all the people are. Two billion people a day are using Facebook. And it has every feature, function, application that all the others have rolled up into one.
1: Not any other one platform can say that. That's amazing. That's just amazing. So there's two things that I'm hearing mm-hmm. uh, that I'm just curious about. Sure. One, you said video several times. Yeah. Okay? And you had several years of experience doing video for corporations. Right. So I'd like you to talk about that. And then I'm very curious, Inja, because it was your observation who said do the interviews. Right. So if you could just spend a minute and talk about the whole video piece sure. and how you went from, you know you know, being a rock star, so to speak, right. in your in your band, you know, drumming away, to the video world. Okay. And how that's played into where you are today. And then we're gonna pause and listen to Inja and her story as to why you suggested or told <laughs> Yeah. Politely demanded <laughs> <laughs> whatever you said. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. All right.
2: Yeah, I like that. So I had a really another weird change in life when um, I was playing music for fun. I had a music studio in my home and I was just playing for fun. I had, I've always loved cooking. My parents turned me on to cooking. I always loved cooking. And um, long story, a little shorter, I decided to have a cooking show on TV. Didn't know how I was going to do that, but I I watched a lot of cooking shows and I saw. a a gap I saw something that was missing that I thought I could bring to the table and so I signed up with my local community access television station which was uh, in uh, Ventura California and I started a show called Chew on This and I was your lovely host and I'm actually a very shy person and I knew that if I was going to be the host I'd have to find my on switch and be very engaging I didn't know Mm -hmm. anything about video at this point I hired... But you loved food. You loved yes, food. Yeah. And
4: the creation of food. And you, yeah. were, you okay. were cooking okay. the food? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I hired some people that worked at the TV station to work for me to film these episodes on the weekend. And nothing was rehearsed. I, I, I didn't use notes. Kind of like Drum Talk TV. <laughs> I don't use notes in interviews whatsoever. I just... Whatever. So that was my introduction to video. And I did that for four years and got a divorce. It took all the wind out of my sails, and I I just quit. I just shut it down. And by that time, I was producing two other shows. I just shut it down. I went to work. I just needed a job. So I got this job at a phone, at a uh, call center selling um, mystery shopping services and training for the consumer. And uh, I, I kind of got elevated real quick in the company. I was running the customer service department, and one day – uh, one of the owners opened the door and he went like this to me. I hooked his finger, you know, like, you got to come here right now. I had this real ugly, mean face going on. He was an ex-Marine sergeant. You know, I'm like, oh, no, I'm rewinding in my head. What have I done wrong? What did I do? And he said, he mentioned the other owner. He said, so Larry saw your cooking show. It was in reruns. I thought, oh, no, they're going to say conflict of interest. <laughs> He said, Larry's always wanted a multimedia department so we can create our own video training and rating system. Would you be into opening that department? And that is really when my video career took off wow. because I, was, I built a department. I was running the production and I designed about 200 videos that trained people on how to qualify to be mystery shoppers for the movie theaters, the restaurants, and the banks and things that we provided the service to. Um, and then... Life changed again. I ended up moving to Las Vegas and got a job producing video for a multi-level marketing company, doing all their promo stuff, all their training stuff, and went uh, uh, left that job because I had a customer that was so big and I did so much work for, I had to leave. And that's what took me to Australia. And I did work for them uh, producing video at their seminars and I just kept getting more work. I got work in the yacht, charter yacht industry and then the Sydney to Hobart. And that was like my corporate video work. And when I came home, I told Anja, I said, I don't want to work with big companies anymore. Let me just do your marketing. She's an <laughs> artist. She said, Let's just work together. Yeah. After six months, she said, you know, I think you need to find. Well, she said, I think you need to find something that fills your cup. And the thought bubble above her head said, you need to find someone else to play with. I think it just started to wear her out. And I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm 40 whatever at the time. And I, I said, I don't know what I want to do. I was 49 or 50. Mm. And she said, "Why don't you teach drum lessons. You used to do that, right? And I'm mm. thinking, ooh, I know streaming video. I'm a trained trainer. I do. Mm. Yeah. And that's when I started Dan's Drum Clinics. And this is where Angie could take over the conversation because it was those first couple interviews I did just sort of for fun. And she saw them and she said, no, this is what you've got to do. So do you want to? take a seat she could take my seat
1: seat. (laughs) either way (laughs) that's That's just fascinating that's just fascinating
3: okay so um hmm so so i'll take it from there yeah Yeah? Yeah, all right so let's see we we were traveling back and forth from vegas to um arizona Uh, i was uh teaching and i did several murals for local schools here and dan was doing the marketing and video work for a company here as well And so while we were here, he would um, get in contact with different drummers and start doing the drum lessons and the interviews for different drummers there. And I I can't remember the gentleman's name, Dan, so forgive me, but uh, the only thing I remember is that he started drumming when he he was like a musician in a circus. (laughs) I thought it was so cool. Oh, he lives
2: here in town. Yes,
3: Um, Wagner... It's his first name. Oh I my God. So bad. Anyway, yeah. son. I don't he was Yeah. <laughs> what? Now that's a Viking There's name. There's a Viking there you go. name. I, <laughs> lo- I love that fact because I remember my my head tear- you know, doing that. And when he said the circus, it was so cool. And I was like, wow. And he was a great drummer. This guy literally ran away to play drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was. It, 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 while Dan was interviewing him, and uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual chick, so I saw a light around him when okay. he was doing it. And that's when I knew. That's what happened. I saw the light. I was like, no. I said, that's where you need to be. He said, but, but I want to do the lessons and it's going to be so great. And I was like, honey, I love you, but. And, <laughs> and I was like, you do that. If you do that, if you mm. just grab onto that, you, you won't go wrong. And that's what happened.
1: You saw the light I around s- him.
3: I saw a light around him while he was doing it. Uh, it's when people find their true passion mm. and they do what they truly are here to do. That's what happens. There's a light that goes around you, and it's a light from inside out. And it just engulfs you. And when I see it, yes, exactly. And when I see it, and it just clicks in, and you can feel the energy around them. And you know that they're doing exactly what they're here to do. And I saw it, and so I had to tell them.
2: That was it. Notice you don't see that light when I'm changing the cat box or putting laundry away. Have you ever <laughs> noticed that?
3: No, I'm just grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh,
1: very beautiful. Thank you for sharing uh, that. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, you had a love for drumming. Yeah. And you carried that in playing music in bands. Then you had a love for creating food. <laughs> and, yeah. you, and then you did something with it, and that propelled you into video. Yeah, and and now what you've what you're doing when and, and you didn't see the light, Inja did. I'm sorry, I had to right. say that. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and really, it's 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 a coming together of all these passions.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I still do eat and love to cook.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I should weigh a hundred and fifty pounds more than I do, but I don't. Thank goodness, I still have my 18 year old metabolism I guess but yeah the video component not only is what makes drum talk TV work it's one as far as the medium Mm -hmm. and it's also why we're so much bigger than all the print magazines and their online presences because they're not video minded they're written word minded and that's Mm -hmm. okay but what we're doing is uh, videos the number one preferred form of content that people want to receive information from, whether it's mm-hmm. entertainment or news and things like that. That's number one. Number two, I used to say one of my selling lines when I had my video production company was if a picture is worth a thousand words, <laughs> a video worth a thousand pictures. You mm-hmm. got to do video, mm-hmm. get rid of that sea of text on your website. Let's make videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're too shy. You're, you don't want to be in front of the camera. I got actors and actresses. I had it all wired. It was great. I saw the whole video thing coming a good eight years before it really hit. Mm. And now when I teach social media marketing, your number one form of content must be video. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a Steven Spielberg production and can be smartphone-based. It It's just, it's got to be video. It has mm. to be. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's the difference between, what's the best way to put it? is the difference between having material and having material that people are just going to fall in love with. And uh, obviously the content is a big part of that, but the video medium is what is so engaging. It pulls you in. If, it's if the, it's, enabler. Right. it's yeah, the enabler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people are passionate about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. the difference is, is that they just have the passion, but, it just kind of stops there and and you've shared several examples of how you were passionate first of all as a drummer at age 14 and age 15 you're out on the road drumming yeah and and then later you 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 know you love food and preparing food from the influence of your folks and then you have your own you know your own food show i guess for lack of yeah. a better word and then you yeah. you get very fluent in video as an enabler around that and and now we know where you are now. So we'd like to hear more about how you knew you were passionate about something. And okay. I'm not, I don't want an answer right now because we're going to take a pause. Okay. Some of us got to run off somewhere. And um, we'll be back in about 30 seconds. Fair okay. enough? Absolutely. Sounds good. Stay tuned, listeners. 85% of employees hate
0: their jobs. That's right. That's what last year's Gallup poll said after surveying millions. Only 15% were truly passionate about the work they did. If you are among the 85% who don't like their work, you're invited to join our weekly podcast radio show every Tuesday from 10 to 11 a.m., recorded live at Star Worldwide Network Studio in Scottsdale, Arizona, at BedreamDoRadio.com. You will hear guests of all ages and backgrounds who all have one thing in common. They love what they do. Tune in and explore how they found out what was most important to them, how they dreamed big, and put a plan into action to realize their dreams. Join us in the conversation. Now, back to the
1: show. Listeners, welcome back to Be Dream Do. This is your host, Dave Waterman with son Sean, and we have guest Dan Schinder, founder and CEO of Drum Talk TV. Hello. Oh my gosh, passionate about drumming, <laughs> passionate about food, passionate about video, passionate about Facebook. I mean... He's Mr. Passion, so so I am. yeah. So let's hear a little bit about uh, your your involvement with food and what you did with that. So I
2: absolutely had a passion for cooking, and I think for teaching when I started the cooking show. Sharing, you know, that was a big big thing. And you asked me before the break to kind of explain when I knew I had a passion for something and. That ties into an interesting story regarding Drum Talk TV and the cooking show. When we moved to Mesa two and a half years ago, I had this idea that I think I want to do the cooking show again. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I might be done with Drum Talk TV. And And if I sell it, we could be set. And more importantly, I thought, you know, if, if I've done what I've done with Drum Talk TV which at the time had like 850,000 active followers, reaching 20 million people a month. If I've done what I've done with Drum Talk TV in the niche of drumming or music, what if I applied those skills to a new cooking show? Everybody eats, everybody. It may not be as passionate as others of food, but it's more relatable. There's a wider audience. So I was going to sell Drum Talk TV. And I was in talks with selling Drum Talk TV, and I had all these different arrangements. I'll stay on board for um, three years, for five years. You know, there were all these different ideas and and all this. And and we we chose where we lived partly because the kitchen would have been perfect for filming. I mean, it was, I knew where I was going to put overhead cameras. You could shoot right through here. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. The show was called Food That Craves You. Mm -hmm. I started a website. I started a Facebook page. I started building the brand. And then, I won't mention who it was, but one of the major uh, drumming magazines is who I was in talks with about selling and they became hesitant. And when one of them said, one of the people said, well, everyone knows you can't make money with social media. I realized (laughs) that had I were to take this big juicy treasure chest that would have been nice to have, Mm. they would have, driven this thing into the ground because they Mm. i realized wait a minute if they even if i stay on if they knew anything about the value of this and how to do it they wouldn't be so far behind where i'm at now Mm. and they're 40 years old that company so immediately i kind of like shook myself Mm. and re-embraced drum talk tv and that's when i realized how passionate i was for the community i built when I think of the people I make friends with online and in person and the messages I get and the testimonials I get and the, the videos I get saying, what a great thing you're doing, man. Keep it going. It's mm-hmm. like that that's the biggest reward. And, and
4: that's why you created it in the yeah, first place. Yeah,
2: it is. It really is. And I left that – I did not pursue that opportunity anymore to sell it, which financially would have been amazing, but it just – I, I did not want that to happen with
4: it. So, um, so what do you cook? I'm curious. Oh, <laughs> grandpa burgers! <laughs> one of our one of our granddaughters just loves my hamburgers.
2: Uh, but no, I love cooking, um, doing different things with roasts and steaks. I love cooking soups and stews. Um, I'm not a baker. I had a co-host for three years that was an executive pastry chef. Chef that did the dessert side i am not that person It's too precise too much chemistry whereas cooking recipes you just throw crap over your shoulder into a pot (laughs) spin it around hey this is what it tastes like today it's great no it's not add something it's a whole different thing um Just,
4: just add a little love to it
2: yeah exactly i have a few recipes of things like roasted fire roasted stuffed chilies i love cooking seafood uh salmon white fish different types of shellfish um a couple pasta dishes, uh, stuffed—what I call stuffed danicotti—that oh has heart, like a heart. meaty spaghetti sauce and uh, ricotta cheese mm. stuffed inside of big tubular, you know, pasta. If you can imagine that, I love making spaghetti. Love making chili. Um, am I missing anything, Mrs. Shinder? Favorite. Your favorite? Oh, mm-hmm. salmon Oscar. Oh, right. Yeah, salmon uh, with asparagus and crab meat on it and pernese uh, wow. sauce and maybe some...
5: I'm some, getting hungry sh- now. I'm getting so hungry. <laughs> yeah, I, I so,
2: yeah. so uh, I still love cooking. So I when are you
1: going to do this uh, food show? <laughs> you know, I don't know.
2: I, my, my conundrum right now is the same as everybody else's, and that's time. Mm-hmm. and and I have I really do have two full-time careers. I think I work about 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, we got up at uh, six and went to bed at 12:30 mm-hmm. uh, you know to get out here on time. That's like a normal day for me usually. Mm-hmm. and I don't know how I'd fit it in. my I've worked really hard to scale my social media marketing company. I've recently hired two more people. Um, I'm writing a series of books on the musician side Mm. I'd love to do it I just Mm. and I help Anja with her marketing Mm. she has an interview show now so I'm I'm doing the post production Uh, I have someone that Helps me with a lot of my post-production for Drum Talk TV. I'm doing her post-production. <laughs> so it's like, where would I do it? I really would love to do it. I, I have real, an idea. Really, what's the idea?
5: Uh, well, speaking from experience being in the music industry and touring with a lot of bands in the past, mm-hmm. why not bring musicians into this and do a little segment on your Drum Talk show where Ooh. you can think of ingenious ways to cook food while you're on a tour bus touring with your band. Oh, yeah. You can just do a segment. You don't have to do a full cooking show or even have someone come into your studio in your kitchen during a segment of drum talk and do just like a five or 10 minute little cooking spot.
2: I've thought of that. And it's a great idea because um, musicians, unless they want to eat out all the time and a lot of them do.
5: They get sick of it, though. Yeah.
2: And they got to get resourceful and they got to eat healthy. And I saw a show a couple years ago or so of Sammy Hagar. I think was on the food Network even had a show, and he had Joe Perry from Aerosmith and they're cooking together and I thought, man, that could have been my thing, and I guess it still could, but <laughs> getting musicians up to globe is a bit difficult you know i'm ninety seven miles right. from where we're sitting right now, and even if they come in town to play, sometimes it's a challenge to get time for an interview, let alone something like that. but I love the idea, and it's something I'd love to somehow develop
5: embrace technology use skype
2: well yeah i do a lot of online interviews they can
5: cook from their kitchen yeah and you can have them piped into your network at the same time that's
2: true i use zoom so yeah zoom too you can do that at
5: the same time like a zoom meeting and you both can be on screen while they're doing the cooking and you both can participate
2: yeah i have to do a poll and see how many drummers are interesting closet chef
1: well that sounds like yeah (laughs) yeah. Yeah. there's an idea it sounds like a
2: recipe for success and we had an idea <laughs> of a cooking show together, Anja and myself. So okay. it's something we'd, we would like to get to. So maybe in the next five years, we'll both be at special ages then. <laughs> and then <laughs> maybe that's a good time. And that might be more of a not retirement time, but time to move on to something like that. Because it is fun. We, we love to cook. We cook together sometimes. She's a much better cook than I am, she's amazing. I really should weigh three hundred pounds. I weigh like one fifty two, and I'm five seven and yeah. seven or yeah. something. It's all the drumming. It's all yeah. Drumming. It's that, and I don't know. Over the years, I've swam and walked a lot, but I'm not exercising much now, as much now. But somehow, I've still
1: got the. You got the. You maybe got it's the, the passion buzz. that's burning it all off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got. I got to think that has something to do with it for sure.
2: Yeah. But going back to to finish the answer, so when when that happened with Drum Talk TV. That was probably the biggest landmark time that I realized I have passion for something. I knew I had passion for it. Mm -hmm. I've had passion for other things before. But that is the one moment that I can actually remember the moment and the words that were being said and the way it felt and where I was standing when I realized, I can't sell this. I've got it. Mm -hmm. And, And I felt I'm more in love with what I'm doing now more than ever. And I've always been in love with it. I think I'm better at it than I've ever been. There's more people following it than ever. I get more accolades than ever before. And and that's why I'm on such a mission to teach, especially people in the arts, what I've been able to do, because most people in the arts, we think with the right side of our brain. And they don't communicate with the analytical side of the brain and they're not business people and they have all these misconceptions. So my manager's going to do it or my sister-in-law or the record company or my peer. And none of those people know how to do it either, which is why your numbers still suck, people. Right. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and I want to empower people with simply the knowledge. If you want to hire someone, that's great. I'm available. If you want to hire someone, that's great. But how are you going to vet the right person if you don't know what results are or how to find them or how to track them? Or, right. you know, so that's what I teach. And I, while I do teach outside the music industry, I've started a series of books and free webinars that are once a month. Mm-hmm. In fact, the next one's tomorrow night. Um, and it's, I don't charge anything for those webinars. The books are free on Amazon, Kindle Unlimited two hundred ninety nine is an ebook five ninety nine is a paperback and if you buy the paperback, Amazon gives you the ebook it's not like i'm sending nineteen grandkids to college on this it 's not what it's for <laughs> right, right and a lot of people I think think that's what it 's for. Oh no, Dan's writing books and yes you know, it's, it's not it um, so that the passion has really crossed over into the whole social media thing when i when I teach it when i 'm consulting um, when i 'm on stage doing seminars about it i am so people think i drink a gallon of coffee and snort a bunch of blow or something i'm just so wound up i get really really passionate wound up about it because i have had the success that anyone can have with it Mm -hmm. if they just are willing to learn and stop following everyone else off the cliff everyone right now is so into copying the guy who's about to fail the test and they don't know it everyone else is doing it this way yeah and they're not getting results either Mm it 's painful for me to see because I, I really do care, and it 's not hard to do. I tell people it 's so easy, even a drummer can do it. <laughs> I did it. You and- all can do it. Learn from my thirty plus thousand hours of experience, save yourself the the bumps on the head and the broken ribs and you know the the frustration, and just learn from what i 've done.
1: How can people get in touch with you dan
2: uh, there's a couple ways if you are interested in social media marketing, consulting or courses that I have, or workshops, and you're not in the music industry, you can write to dan at smosmasterclass.com. And S-M-O-S stands for Social Media on Steroids. If you're a musician and you'd really like to get your bleep together,
1: <laughs> you can
2: uh, go to com and opt into my list. You can see my books there. If you click on them, it takes you right to Amazon. You can opt into my list for the, the free webinars once a month, which I've committed to through uh, July of 2019. And you can also write to me if you just want to ask questions, uh, Dan at the same URL, dan at musicians.com And uh, I, I, keep, I believe I keep the teaching fun, the consulting fun, There's group situations uh, that are very inexpensive. And then there's one-on-one situations where I teach everything I know based on your specific situation. That goes for in the music industry and outside the music industry. Mm -hmm. And I really have to confess that I'm as passionate about all of that as I am about playing music.
1: I really am. Well, that's a thing of beauty. It, it, It really is. Thanks. It really, really is. So, yeah. You know, you, you've talked about how you just went from, you know, the fourteen-year-old who loved drumming to actually drumming, and and again the the food show because you loved food, and uh, you've got so much energy around it. And uh, help us understand what passion is to you, okay, and how that drives you.
2: Great question. Um, there's a very important component that will make that second part work and that's drive you because like you said a lot of people have passion about a lot of things and then they don't act on them mm. and maybe they don't know how and that's okay There's, in this world you look anything up on Google or YouTube and get the answer mm. the most important component is sitting on the couch over here you've got to surround yourself with people who support you 100% anything else is sabotage mm. and if you have a significant other it has to start with them I think if if we look at most marriages that have not worked out, Mm -hmm. it's because that's where the number one mismatch was. Not because one was allergic to seafood and the other one loved seafood, not because you know anything like that. I really Mm -hmm. think it's because there was a disconnect in the support. So if you're younger, hopefully your parents support you like mine did. If not, hopefully your friends do. If you're older, if you're really older like (laughs) I am, and you have 19 grandkids, and we do have 19 grandkids. Um, you wanna make sure that you're surrounded not only with people who support you, but in your life in general, only associate with people who are positive. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the many things I admire about you and Sean and Chris is that you guys are also positive and you cannot build even a a sandcastle beach size empire with any negativity involved. So the driving part is knowing what does this passion produce for others. Mm-hmm. So for the cooking show, it was showing them I was going to teach it in a, at a cooking school. I had this all arranged. I was going to use this big commercial kitchen. <coughs> Excuse me. And two, two weeks before the actual filming of the pilot, I thought, you know, no one's going to have any of this garbage in their kitchens. Mm-hmm. I want to film this at home with what we have Mm. and that's that was the mission of that to show people they can cook amazing things in their own kitchen without an education
4: people can relate to it very easily exactly
2: and the same thing with uh drum talk tv is that we all really the mantra of drum talk tv or or the mission or the tagline whatever is that um We can all learn from each other, not just from sitting behind a drum set or at a practice pad, by learning from each other's perspectives based on their unique experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what the interview started out as with other artists and educators. And then we started covering the NAMM show, which is the largest uh, music trade show in North America. And we interviewed the makers of gear... And, and not just drums but other things drummers use microphones, headphones, in-ear monitors mm-hmm. effects, you know, mixing gear, mm-hmm. recording gear, things like that um, and, and that drive with Drum Talk TV has always been and, and this is why sometimes the strategies get tweaked here and there mm. because I always want to do my job better and the job of Drum Talk TV and that is what is it providing mm. for the viewers and the followers, it's not a vanity project, in fact if it was a vanity project, you'd only see progressive rock and class of rock music. We post... So every every week, I get a, a spreadsheet <laughs> that comes to me of videos that were submitted through our website from our fans. Mm-hmm. And I go through them from the person who sent it who says, I believe these are the ones that should go past mm-hmm. the velvet rope right. and we should publish them. And I go through them and 80% of them are not music I've ever played or listened to. But I know... it will work for segments of our fans. It's like a shoe store. A shoe store sells shoes to whom? People who wear shoes. Absolutely. But who are they? They're people that wear cross trainers, stilettos, pool shoes, hiking boots, work that's boots, right. cowboy boots, right. ballet. It goes on Slippers. and on and on. Slippers. Right. That's Slippers. So you have to create something to suit everybody's needs. And that's what Drum Talk TV does in the wide arc spectrum of music. I, w- I want it to live up to its name. Drum Talk TV is not just about the big British stars. It's not just about the Americana. It's not just about the beginning of rock. It's mm. everything, mm. literally everything, mm.
4: and, everything. And so, how did where did you, how did you figure it all out? Like, were you just curious in the face, like in the Facebook universe? How did you, like, you're teaching all this information for other people now? But did you yeah. just find it, discover it yourself?
2: Well, as a drummer with a very hyper intelligent brain. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, You know, what I did was
4: when I started the
2: Dan's Drum Clinics thing, I I just, to me, it was common sense to know that my lessons didn't matter. And with Drum Talk TV, the interviews don't matter unless there's an audience present Mm -hmm. to see them. So my number one mission was to create that audience. I had followers from 64 countries before I published my first lesson because I was publishing on Facebook, particularly, discussion about drumming discussion about rudiments, discussion. If it was a drummer's birthday, we'd post something and I'd mention something. Hey, watch what he does in this solo, whatever. And, and that totally bled into Drum Talk TV is that I, I figured it out by, and I have one at home. You've seen it, I think. The fan hat, which is a baseball cat with all these circus colors and a propeller on top and then you made a sign for the front that says fan. You have to wear the fan's hat. Mm-hmm. When you're creating content for an audience, it can't be for you. Right. It's got to be for the audience. You've got mm-hmm. to look through their lenses, where they're at. And this is how I train the people that work for Drum Talk TV. So you have to ask yourself, will they like this? You do not post something unless you, in any industry, in any product or service, you don't post anything unless you believe. That it's going to have great results. Mm. And in order to do that, you can't just say, well, it's because I did it. (laughs) You gotta look at it and say, it's Mm. going to do well because it has this element and this element. And I know that a certain segment of my Mm. target market or my audience will love that. Mm. You have to understand so it's a it's an ongoing learning process to understand your audience and learn what they want know what they like what they want more of what they'll respond to what resonates with them and then when you figure that out you Mm -hmm. have to learn how to deliver the content in Mm -hmm. a way that it does that and and that's the biggest part of the learning curve but i've like I said, I've done that for everybody. Come yeah. learn from me.
1: <laughs> it's wonderful. It, it, wonderful to, uh, to get your insights, Dan. It's been a most outstanding time here with you this morning. Thank you. Uh, so be dream do. How does that concept resonate with you, Dan?
2: I believe I've been living that way my whole life. <laughs> um, again, I was so fortunate to have parents that were, they were young parents. Um, and they were so supportive and, I never was told, no, you can't do that, or you need a college degree for that, or you. When I told my mom when I was a kid I want to be an oceanographer, I was like, great, let me sign up for this oceanography <laughs> class. You know, we take me to buy fossils at a rock shop. <laughs> you, it means really believing in what you love and, and just making the dream, seeing the dream is so vivid that it has to become real that that's the only other place for it to go. I did that with my cooking show. A friend of mine used to make fun of me in a very loving way. Uh, My friend Jeff, when I started my cooking show, first when I told him I was going to do it, he said, what do you know about TV and producing? I said, I have seven televisions in my house. I think I know everything I need to know about TV. I was Mm. joking, of course, Mm. but... When I started my show and I started to have success, he used to say, you're so ignorant, you don't know that you can't do something. He saw me do it with my cooking show. He saw me do it with an instrumental CD. He saw me do it with a big band CD that I, I – all these things that I just – we can all We all have this ability. We all have the ability to dream something so vividly that the only other thing to do is then manifest it and make mm-hmm. it real. And my wife does this all the time. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm here. She manifested me. Yeah. I have a picture of myself. Well, she has a picture of myself when I was 16, 17. I had long hair, I had a full beard. And when she saw this picture for the first time, she screamed. I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> Charles Manson. It's me. She said, <laughs> she said no, this was... Well, you want to tell real oh quick? Gosh. Just real quick? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe Because I think know. this is you manifesting me oh in this, really. Because oh okay. I know we're getting towards the end. So just yeah. real quick. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. you can go over there. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> uh,
3: when I was a little girl, even when I was a teenager and growing up, my goodness, for a long time, I had this picture of this guy that was my fantasy guy. Uh-huh. Mm. And I used to, every time I had a breakup or whatever, and I was like, oh, well, my fantasy guy will come one day and I'll be happy. And that is the person that I saw. So the first time I saw his picture when he was younger, that's why I screamed, because it was him.
1: <laughs> now that is powerful. That, that, that is powerful. And, and,
2: and in different ways on different levels, yeah. I truly believe we all have ways. To, whatever it is you want to do so badly, no matter who has told you you can't or you never took piano lessons before, and now you're 56, and now mm. none of that matters. It's, mm. it's all the passion that will... Either make it happen or not. You're either a, a worker being a doer and, and that's all you do or, or you make or you do that and you make stuff happen until mm. it gets to the point where that's who you are and you become that dream. That's dream be do to me.
1: Yeah. Dan, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you thank know, you. if the dream is so vivid, there's nothing that can happen but to manifest it. Dan Schindler, founder and CEO of Drum Talk, uh, Drum Talk TV. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, do what you love and love what you do. Thank you for joining
0: David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be, Dream, Do, Living by Design every week right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.